0: Care with me. Working within it so that you can try to be able to produce things. Yeah. And I'll tell you why that production is so important. But before we know that, how do you use those two pieces of equipment? And you-
1: success is not necessarily financial, but success is when you feel fulfilled in what you're doing and then to other women. They need to know their value,
0: their work. But but I believe um everything that you put your mind to and your achieve is success was um, all the stuff. okay i'll answer all 16 of those questions right now <laughs> i started uh in the music business at sony while i was still
1: My name is Renee Hastings, and I'm your host of Renee Speaks. Y'all, today's show is going to be amazing. Today, we have with us Bonita Owens. Bonita is a speaker, certified life coach, author, and founder of the Amazing Women Network. Bonita works with ambitious women who struggle from the transition of being a solopreneur to CEO, and she helps her to build the team with confidence, intention, and effective communication. Y'all, put your hands together for Bonita.
0: I am well. How are you, Renee? Fantastic. It is
1: so good to finally meet you and to have you on the show. I am
0: so glad to be here. Loving it already.
1: (laughs) Awesome. 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 Well, Benita, I know we gave a brief overview of all the amazing things that you're doing, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your journey? How did you get to this particular point in time?
0: Yes. So, it is like most of us a, a journey that a lot of twists and turns. I actually have a healthcare background. I'm an occupational Ooh. therapist by trade, and I worked in school systems and the hospital from with people from NICU from babies to all the way to 99 years old. And oh, wow. love what I did. I loved being able to help people be the best versions of themselves. So as a therapist, I worked in rehab, worked with babies who were premature, who had developmental, had developmental, I don't want to say issues, disabilities, and work with uh, people who had surgery. So just a gamut. But what I loved about that is that when I came to them, they were one way. And I love to be able to see progress. I love to be able to see them like, oh, wow, you were here, but now you're, you're, you're able to do more. And so I love what I did, but I knew that there was something more for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I went to search for that. And so I found myself what I call a mom life in a mom life crisis, where mm-hmm. I had given you know everything away in terms of focusing on my husband's career. He's, I'm a military spouse and my kids, and I woke up one day and like, where where did I go? I've always been Mm -hmm. ambitious, creative, and I'm like, where did Bonita go? And Mm -hmm. I went on a quest to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? So I was in and out of the uh, workforce because of traveling, I mean, moving around with my husband. And so I just went on a quest to figure out what is that thing for me? And I had a light bulb moment at one time. I tried different things. I had a light bulb moment and realized that speaking is something I've always done all of my life. And I've always been into personal and professional development for myself, always looking to see how can I be the best version of me? And I would always share that with friends of mine who was going through tough times and they would say, thank you so much for sharing this with me. You know, you really bless me. So I I realized, whoa, speaking and inspiring people has always been something that I've done. Never thought about getting paid to do it. And encouraging and mentoring individuals is also something I've always done. So that's how I got into what I'm doing now. I realized that it's truly who I naturally am, my God-given gifts. And i follow that path. I love it. I
1: love it, love it, love it. Because when you stay true to yourself and what your actual calling is, your purpose, and you're walking up your purpose, there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Like, I I completely get that. (laughs) Completely.
0: Why do you focus primarily on women? I focus on women because I'm really passionate about helping women from my own story. I have a lot of people that ask me that men ask me, you know, why do you just focus on women? Doesn't everyone uh, benefit from personal professional development? And the answer is yes, they do. But what I have discovered through my own story and talking to other women, that there are things because of our society, because the way most women were brought up, that there are things that we struggle with more so than men. And so I am just really passionate of about supporting women out of my own story and my own journey so they can embark on a journey of their own right that is so good and
1: I can relate to that so well and and I just had a situation in my own life just recently as the CEO of my business and I got an email from someone who, you know a new client brand new client and they sent this message that to me was very harsh And when I read it to my husband, he said, Okay, so where's the harsh part? (laughs) I was like, Well, she said it like this, you know? And he (laughs) kind of just gave me this look like, "Mm, Okay. So we definitely, as women, operate differently. We see things differently. We take things differently. We feel things differently. It's just different than the way men do. It's like, look, men are all about the facts, matter of fact, and that's just how they operate. But as women, we get all in our feelings, I think, a whole lot more than men do. And so there is a, a very definitive uh, differentiator you know, between how men operate and how women operate. And so I appreciate that you take all of that into consideration as you're focusing on trying to help women through this transition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think there are certain certain things that a lot of people don't even talk about. We're starting to, in terms of how women show up. And and you know what? I don't even think that it's it's anything wrong with us being emotional creatures. I just think that there are things that we bring to the table. We need to know how to manage that, right? And I think that there's things we can learn from men in the workplace, and there's definitely things that men can learn from us as well. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So tell us more about that. What is scale and what does it mean?
0: Is it an an, um, an acrostic? Yes. Yeah, so scale stands for, the scale is the five components that I re- truly believe that make, that go into impactful leadership. It's five foundational, Components that I look at and that I teach so that leaders can really show up as impactful, influencing, having empathy, and they can really make a difference with the people that they work with. So SCALE starts uh, stands for self-awareness, courageous conversations, accountability, leadership guiding principles, and energy management. Everything I do starts with self-awareness because I I believe that the more you understand about yourself, the more you understand about other people, and the more you can be truly an instrument and a tool in your workplace. If you don't understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your hangups, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, what makes you frustrated, all of the things that make you you then you will be missing out on how can you uh, show up in a way that serves the the people that you work with, serves your peers, serves your team members. So scale, I mean, um, uh, self-awareness is really important in everything I do, whether it's training or one-on-one coaching. And the other components, and they don't go in order, even though the S is the first for a reason because it is the foundation, but all the other components, are um, different things that I see when I'm coaching that leaders really need to be impactful. So, for instance, courageous conversations. I see so many leaders; they don't. They have a hard time with giving feedback unless they're saying you did a great job, and or they have a hard time addressing uncomfortable conversations or situations. And so, it's really important for people to have those skill sets, to say the things that no one wants to say, to say the hard things, but how do you say that in a way where you're not burning bridges? That's another thing people uh, are afraid of. Like, okay, I don't mind saying stuff, but I don't wanna make people mad or I don't wanna burn bridges. So how do you be authentic and honest and still build relationships? So everything I do is around how do you connect with uh, your team members, with your peers in the workplace environment so that we have a workplace environment that's not uh, one that we wanna get away from on Friday and dread on Monday, but it is one that we look forward to going to. So I I believe that work shouldn't be a place that you dread. I think it's part, an integral part of our lives and it should be a place of fusion.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And before we get too far down the road, um, I love that you start with us being self-awareness. And I'm just wondering, because I know that it's one thing to be self-aware of with our own self, how things are resonating with us and how things are impacting us. But do you think it's just as important to be have self-awareness as it relates to other people and how what we're saying to them might be impacting them. So and or how does is there a relationship between
0: other people's self-awareness and our awareness of other people? Right. So that's what I was saying that the more we understand about ourselves, it helps us to understand more about other people. And so self-awareness because the word it is really about self, right? It's about (laughs) being aware of you. However, the more you understand about you, those are the same relationships and connections and understandings that you can definitely apply to other people. So that is one of the foundations of the benefits of self-awareness. I'll give you an example that that I use a lot. Self-compassion. I had to learn this, negative self-talk, right? A lot of times we're hard on ourselves. Now, mostly a lot of us are hard on ourselves and we are on other people. But what I learned is, when I learned self-compassion, when I learned to encourage myself instead of criticizing myself, it really helped me to extend that same compassion and to other people. And it that is how it translates.
1: Got you. That's so good. So good. I love that. And then you talked about courageous conversations um, and not burning bridges while you're having these difficult conversations. And I think that is so key and critical as well. I just had to have one this morning (laughs) with my team. I'm like, you guys, we're supposed to be doing this, this, that, and the other, you know, how come we're not meeting our goals and and what can we do differently? You know, come on, let's, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to like encourage them. Like, look, I know you put in a lot of work, but we need more, we need more, (laughs) you know. So uh, yeah, it's definitely an art to yeah, to be able to have those kind of conversations
0: and still have people enjoy doing what they're doing. Exactly. Or the 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 reverse is true, which I see more often is that um, leaders don't say anything, right? And so then resentment builds, frustration builds, and then a lot of things go unchecked because you didn't say anything. And then when you do say something. It's like, well, wait, why did you tell me this six months ago, right? Right. I could have, you didn't give the person time to adjust and to respond to your feedback. So yes, I see both sides of the coin and it is an art. You're so right. And it doesn't come naturally to many people, but it's definitely something that can be practiced and acquired.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's just not fair to wait to let things build up and get, you know, so much bigger than they have to be because if you nip it in the bud, <laughs> and it was it doesn't get big, right? Yeah. You gotta nip it. I don't know if you remember that show. Was it uh I don't know if it was Gomer Powell or the Andrew Gibbon show, but what it was go nip it, nip it, nip it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm showing my age y'all.
0: <laughs> I'm cause I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: Oh, that is so true though. So true. And it, it's um just, I think words to live by, just as soon as something is an issue, as soon as you recognize something, immediately address it. So it doesn't get big. So that, you know, and even if it is a scary thing to do, you know, just feel a fear and do it anyway. I, mean, I think uh, Joyce Meyer said that.
0: <laughs> so many people just don't know, have the words, right? They don't have the words. Either they are, you know, sometimes feel like they're super aggressive or super passive right and so having navigating the words there's a way to say anything and everything um and it's important to to learn that so yeah it's so true and and I love doing it I love um helping navigate helping people to navigate those sticky situations
1: Awesome. And we're so grateful to you for that. Absolutely. So when it comes, what challenges do ambitious women face when transitioning from being solopreneurs to CEO?
0: Well, one of the things that has to do with courageous conversations is really understanding their role as a leader, right? So when you're a solopreneur, it's, it's all on you. There's a lot of work. You're focusing on, you're you're wearing all the hats. And when then when you become a CEO, you stop wearing all of the hats. And there's other challenges that come with it. Although it's like, yes, I build a team. I have people doing the things that I used to do. And one of the challenges really is this transitioning from that doer, right? That person that's in the weeds to being the planner, being the strategic planner. It's time for you now to um, delegate. So I see a lot of of solo entrepreneurs turned CEOs having a hard time relinquishing responsibility and entrusting their team to do what they have hired them to do. So that's one of the biggest things that I see. And having that ongoing communication, understanding that it's all in your head. Your business that you were building by yourself is all in your head. If you're not uh, creating policies and procedures, if you're not putting things on paper, you can't expect people to crawl in your brain and figure out what you want. You have to really be able to put it down on paper to explain, give feedback, so that people under start to understand your brand, how you do things, and how they can best support you. So, um, rel- you know, relinquishing. Um, Responsibility and trusting people and communication, clear communication, I would say are the two biggest challenges.
1: Wow. I can definitely relate to every single thing you're talking about. (laughs) Every single thing. Uh, As I was building my business, that was definitely my situation. Um, And I could, you know, from being the doer to being the planner after bringing on a team and learning to delegate and, you know, in the, even in the business that we're in, which is, uh, we provide virtual administrative support to small businesses and senior level executives and podcast show hosts. And one of the foundations of what we do is we leave executives of all of the things that's weighing them down, but they have to delegate in order for us to have a job. (laughs) And then I found myself when I was in that position, that I had to be the one to do the thing I was telling other people to do. <laughs> and it was uh, quite a, an interesting transition for me uh, for as well. So I can totally yeah. relate to what you're talking about. But Bonita, I don't want to get too far off from the acrostic for scale. So you told us about self-awareness yes. and courageous conversations. I'd like to go back to the rest of it, A-L-E. What's the
0: rest of it? Accountability. So it's a. this is about how are you accountable to yourself, to, and to, to your team, and how are you allowing your, 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 yourself to be um, accountable to them and them to be accountable to you? I think one, one of the things that we usually talk about a lot is how to hold your team accountable, but I really believe that as a leader that it's impactful to allow yourself to be held accountable to, to your team, meaning that you're open to feedback. Um, so many leaders are like, oh, you know, they don't want to hear feedback um, and they give it, but they don't want to receive it. So I think accountability is so important um, for reciprocity in relationships. And leadership. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say
1: that's so true. I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah. Yeah, I I think about how myself as a leader and um, one of the things I say in our team meetings is y'all, how can we be better? How can I be better as a leader um, over this business that we're all trying to grow it wouldn't be here without you? So that I agree with you 100%.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, it really helps. Um, I think one of the things that people don't think about is that once you allow your team to give you feedback, you're training them for their own leadership, right? And so if we're always in a situation where we're receiving feedback and we're not learning to give that, that definitely does not uh, go into establishing your team because you want your team to be leaders too in their own right. You don't want a bunch of people, you know, who are not independent thinkers, who are not creative, who are not innovative. And so these are the things that as a leader that you work on, you exemplify and you instill in your team. So it's really important. I love it. Love it. 100%.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So good. Because we don't, like you said, we don't want a team of just doers, people who just yes. do. You want yes. some people who can lead and take, take the ropes and just run, yeah. you know, because they have the confidence that they need by being able to, give feedback and know that the feedback is going to land in a place that's
0: well-received. I think that's super important too. Exactly. And it helps build those relationships, right? It helps build trust. So a lot of things I didn't say before, a lot of things that I do is based on Brene Brown um, Brown's work. I love Brene Brown. I'm a big proponent of vulnerability. Um, Mm Courageous Conversations is where I get, um, that from Renee Brown, because I really believe that we're, we're we're people, right? And my motto is life is work, work is life. And if we try to separate people as if they're two different people. We miss out on a lot. So, mm-hmm. I, so the things for my coaching and working with people, what I've discovered is a lot of the challenges you have at work, they show up in some capacity in your personal life and vice versa. And so it's really about helping and addressing the whole person mm-hmm. so that you can become you can show up in that in that whole person capacity um, at work. So a lot of what I do really is about building those, building trust, building uh, relationships, setting a foundation and an atmosphere and a culture where people feel connected, they feel heard, they feel seen. And uh, that's how you, you know, create that um, inviting workplace environment. And that
1: is, I think that's what people are looking for. They're looking for an inviting workplace environment. And it's so awesome that you teach people how to create that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for women um, and from the perspective of being a female, being the boss, uh, uh, what that can look like and the different nuances associated with it. So that's fantastic. So accountability is the A. And yes, I love it. Yeah.
0: And so L is leadership guiding principles. And so with that, that's that's an individual um, choice. What are the what is your beacon, right? What is your lighthouse? Where do you stand for? What are those things, those guiding principles that are connect with your values, what you believe in, what your mission is. And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves of that, right? What is your north star, so that you're making decisions based on that? So many people take values assessments, and I and I was guilty of this. And you take the values assessment, you're like, oh, that's nice, and you put it in the drawer in the folder. And it's mm-hmm. important to for us to remind ourselves of what our values are because we start to make choices based on our values and not based on external expectations or what somebody else is doing or what another company is doing, right? But what are, what is our values? What is my values personally as a leader? And what are our company values? And what are ways that we can implement that? How, are we, what are we doing now? What are we doing well now? How are we showing forth and implementing and exemplifying those values? And where are the gaps? How can we Uh, close the gap in areas that we aren't quite doing that. And so I think that's really important to keep everybody focused and on track and true to the leaders and the organization's um, brand and and who they want to be in the world.
1: Right. Agreed. 100%. And those leadership guiding values, not only help you know what decisions to make, but also when you're getting distracted from things that are not important to the business or things that are going to take you away from your main purpose or your main goals or your main things exactly
0: exactly yeah. it okay. keeps you from keeping up with the joneses so to speak <laughs> because you're setting your own course yes.
1: your leadership guiding values are, are the things that are important to you yes. so the things that are important to you are not for everybody else um, I, what did I say? Like some uh, yesterday, someone said, um, "When someone is working and walking in their purpose, it's their purpose, uh, or or something that when God calls you to your, doing something, that's you and your purpose. It wasn't a conference call, so it doesn't yes. matter what other people think. This yes. was for you." Yes, <laughs> I yes. totally butchered whatever that said, but anyway, that yes. was no <laughs> But it was good. And I was like, yes, that that's so true. So what is for you is for you. And then you want to build your team around the things that are important to you with people who can um, buy in yes. to the same mindset and philosophy and culture. Yeah. And uh, so that your company is exactly what you want it to be and filled with the people who want to do those things and not being made to do something, but it's a part of them as well
0: exactly exactly i think it's really important with those things again the building trust and the communication like you said it helps create buy-in it helps it helps the helps your team connect with the organization and the mission right so it becomes part of theirs too not just something they're told to do um and that really makes up a an organization where you know we're people are progressing and they they're excited and passionate about work and again I think uh we're embarking on a a time where people don't want to just check a box get a check and go home they want to feel that they are part of something they want to feel they want to feel invigorated by their work um and they want to feel like they're making a difference in some way
1: yes absolutely and it's so good. We're like right here. We're just seeing eye to eye <laughs> on all of this. I just love this. this is, these are such great reminders. I'm so thankful Just that these are just like, just speaking life
0: into me right now. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> all right. And what's the E? Energy management. And so this is so important, especially for women. We, you know, we are used to wearing all the hats and juggling all the things and we tell ourselves we can do it all and we can at a cost, at a price. Um, And so it's really about managing your energy again. And this is inner work as well. Looking at what are the things that fuel me? What are the things that drain me? How do I show up under stress? So part of this is a two, it's kind of a two part. It's being aware of your energy, where you're spending your energy, where you don't need to be spending your energy anymore, how you're setting those boundaries. And I do have an energy leadership index assessment. And what that does is it looks at where where our baseline is um, energetically. Uh, meaning and energetically, it means whatever our, our, is, is connected to our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. So I'll give you an example. Um, there, are, there are seven levels of energy. There's no good or bad, but it's about what are the thoughts and feelings that drain you and what are those that fuel you. And when we're fueled, we can be creative, and we can be calm and collective in our, in our, uh, our decision making. When we are drained, we are stressed, we're fearful, we're doubtful, and it doesn't help us in our decision making. So what we look at is where's your baseline? Are you a person that normally is about looking for opportunity, uh, creating win-win scenarios? Are you a person that um, just really wants to focus on opportunities for other people? Or under stress. So that's your base. We look at your baseline. There's different ones. Right. And then the stress reaction can be maybe you're an avoider. Maybe you um, respond in anger. Maybe you respond by not responding. <laughs> and so <laughs> we look at how do you show up under stress? And so knowing that helps you um, to to be aware, okay, under stress, I will avoid, I will shut down. How does that, how does that support me? And how does that affect me? And what are the ways that I can begin to lean into that, shift my perspective so that I'm not shutting down, I'm not avoiding situations, but I am, I'm, I'm dealing with those head on. And so that's, that's part of the energy management that, that we do. And it really helps um, again, to show up the way you want to show up and uh, versus how, what your default is under stress.
1: Got it. Awesome. That is so great. And I love the fact that you talk about how energy management is not only what fuels you, but also what drains you. And yeah. that's part, I think, ties in really well to that self-awareness, right? Yes. Because you you have to know what's working for you, what is not working for you and keep doing the things that are working
0: and try to avoid maybe as much those things that drain you. Yeah. Avoid them as much as you can. And there's, you know, there's definitely things that are required of us sometimes that we're like, you know, we may not be able to get around and there's Mm -hmm. things that we can um, I think it's so important, even in organizations, to figure out amongst the team. There are certain things that people like, certain people love spreadsheets. They just get up in the morning and eat it for breakfast. And right? certain <laughs> like me, like, ugh, get it away, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, why not look at, okay, what are the things that I can't stand doing that someone else can do on the team, and vice versa, right? And so I think, again, having that self-awareness, having that open communication can really help people to um, do the things at work that they love doing and not do the things that they don't. Um, and even for the leader as well, find, you know, understand that there are, what's your zone of genius and how, you know, and, and how can you work more in that than the things that you don't want to be doing and, and maybe some things you don't really need to be doing.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, I love the way you put that because it's important, like even, you know, in our business and the virtual assistant service, that those things that are not adding value to your life or to your business are the things that you should be delegating <laughs> to someone else to do. Um, because, yeah, it just is so important as you're weighing, where is my energy going? And um, even in terms of like what is your best time of day you yes. know are you a morning person do you get most energy in the morning or are you an evening person do you get more yeah. fuel in the yeah. evening um those things are all so important to know and be aware of to know when you are at your best for and sure. what's taking you away from being your best
0: yes for sure for sure that's definitely an important important component yeah. and it's counterintuitive to most of us especially if you used to working a job you you know you clock in and clock out when they tell you so it doesn't matter what time you're at your best you right. they expect you to do it when you're supposed to do it right right you just show up you <laughs> just do it regardless <laughs> and so having that mindset when we're in business and you know it's a transition if you you know come from corporate into business it's a transition to give yourself permission to do the things when you're most energetic that that may be a little tedious um, and not do those things at the end of the day and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm dragging. Okay, well just switch it. Do something different. You have the the um, the flexibility to do that
1: when you own your own business. Absolutely. And I, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bonita, how <laughs> How can women in male-dominated industries build and maintain confidence for leadership?
0: One of the things that um, is really important is mentorship and allyship um, and connecting with other women and men. I firmly believe in allyship, meaning that women... Can't be the only ones talking about women's issues all the time and not encouraging men to be in the room, to be in the conversation, to understand. It's one of those things where if you're not in it, you may not connect with it. How can we really begin to um, educate, bring men in the conversation, even if they're eavesdropping, to start understanding the things that we go through that they probably never even thought about? And getting that mentorship and um, you know the the connections with other women, I think is really important for us not to be islands into ourselves. Even if it's someone, I think sometimes people think I don't know if I can you know trust people in my own uh, company. Okay, find someone outside that you can connect with. I think that's really important for women to be talking to each other and encouraging. Um, each other and the third thing is for women to really go on a path for their own sense of self their own sense of self and self-worth and understanding that their voice matters what I what I find with women is that we always feel like we don't know enough we don't have enough experience um We don't have enough of anything we need. And men don't do that. Men tend to say what they think or say something. For men, it's like, I'm going to say something, even if it's not quite right. But if I say it with confidence, people are going to believe it. And people do. People do believe it. (laughs) That is so
1: true. (laughs) That is so true. I mean, because you can say anything
0: with authority and it sounds like facts. Right. They're and they're like I don't know I don't know I'm scared somebody and it's like hey you know um really un, trust yourself women you know trust yourself more put yourself out there be willing to take the risk and understand that you do know enough I you you wouldn't believe how many uh women I coach Renee that says well I I'm afraid that someone may ask me a question that I don't know and you know, my mentor, my mentor knows, has all this knowledge and, you know, and I just don't know enough. And I asked, okay, so how long has your mentor been doing what, what they've been doing? Oh, 30 years. Okay. How long have you been doing it? Three. Hmm. Okay. What's wrong with this picture? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Where the time
1: comes wisdom and knowledge. And so, yeah, that's why they have that.
0: We expect so much of ourselves. We put so much undue pressure on ourselves and it doesn't, it's, it's not necessary. So I, it's really about us having that sense of self-worth, self-confidence. And it's it's a process. It's, it's a journey, right? People like me can help. There are books that you can read that can help, right? There are mentors, uh, women, uh, other women that you can get with to help, to help you build that confidence in yourself and knowing that, no, no one's expecting you to have 30 years experience in three years. It's right. a process and what you have is enough right now.
1: Absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. And even how we approach the, the answer to the question. So mm-hmm. I just recently was on a Zoom call and someone asked someone else a question and they just kind of went, well, mm, so what I think is, and there, and so I was like, I just wanted to shake her. <laughs> and I was like, Stop that. Look in the camera and answer the question. Exactly. You know this. Exactly. <laughs> so don't, like you said, don't discount what you know, yes. because what you know is more than what the other person knows, or they wouldn't be asking the question. Exactly. Right. So they need you. What you have to offer is a gift because it's the gift of your knowledge, your experience that they are looking for. So give it
0: to them. Exactly. So, um,
1: yeah, so <laughs> anyways,
0: I, I definitely understand what you're talking about. That's the about. thing that we do, right? Again, it's, it's learning to be, how can you be solid in yourself, right? And we, I think as women, we, I, I think it's, it's part nurture, uh, nature, nurture, that we're always looking for external validation. I'm not good enough until someone, you know, labels me as good enough. I'm not knowledgeable until someone uh, deems me as knowledgeable. And it really is got to come from within in the way you show up. And then people will deem you as knowledgeable because that's the way you show up already, not the other way around. And it, it is a process.
1: Yes, agree. 100%. I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Bonita, tell us about any books or resources because you talked about uh, as part of building confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, getting allies, um, getting people on your team, talking to other more mature women and men who've already been down the road that you're trying to go. Um, What are some books or resources that you have that you would recommend for someone who wants to build their confidence and leadership skills?
0: Well... I will say a lot of, um, I'll have to plug Brene Brown, okay? I've got to. Um, because she really has a lot of resources around, again, inside out um, leadership. So gifts, and it's it's an oldie but a goodie. Gifts of, uh, gifts of Imperfection and Dare to Lead are really two really great books um, around vulnerability, about leadership, around courage. So I love that, and um, one of the books by for for women, it's not in leadership per se, but in about just showing up as your whole self. Um, It's you are a badass. Sorry for the Mm -hmm. word. That's the title by Jen Sincero. That's a good book Mm -hmm. as well. um, That really helps women to say, listen, you are enough. You are enough. You have everything that you need to do what it is that you are called, called to do. Um, so mm-hmm. and I have my book, Who saw My Significance? <laughs> oh, yeah, tell us more about that. About the journey, my own journey of self-awareness, self-discovery. Um, and in the book, my stories and my um, everything I learned I want the reader to take that and implement it for himself so at, at the end of each chapter there is a um, there is a journal prompt because all my uh, clients journaling is one of the foundational things that we do there's an action step and there's um, and there's a, a, a meditation of uh, um, affirmation and so uh, one of my most popular talks from the the chapter is called "The Power of No," and it's really about helping women to create boundaries in their lives to say no more to the things that don't fuel them, that don't align with their goals and where they want to be, so they they can say yes to themselves more and yes to the things that they really are supposed to be doing and they're called to do.
1: I love it. I love it, and we're showing the. Um book on Amazon right now, the Amazon, the link here is in the um, video here and showing it that at bit.ly slash Bonita's book is the short code to get to it. So who stole my significance? I think it is fantastic. And you have so much experience and so much to offer uh, to helping And I love the part about saying no more. And it's okay to say no. No is a complete sentence. (laughs) And and it's okay. And so we love that. So how can we reach you? I I know that you have this Amazing Women Network. Um,
0: Tell us more about that. So Amazing Women Network is really my women's empowerment side of of my company. So um, AWN Leadership Consulting. Um, is the, the side where I'm working with corporations and organizations and executive coaching. Women, uh, Amazing Women's Network is I'm working with um, women, professional women, usually out of those organizations to help them with work-life balance, setting those boundaries, showing up um, strongly as the leaders that they want to be so that um they can really you know, reach their goals and have a fulfilling life. And so I'm of the camp that we don't need to choose one or, or over the other, that we can, we can do both. Um, there's no such thing as balance, as everything is equal. But as long as we're able to just pull back and make sure we stay grounded in what's really important and taking care of ourselves, um then we can I believe that we can we can be successful and be um, self-sustaining at the same time
1: right exactly so it starts with taking care of yourself and what it sounds like it starts with taking care of yourself yes. and when you take care of yourself everything else takes care of itself
0: it does um, it does it, yeah you know, um I always I, I always tell to tell women that you know you think you're doing everyone a service by, putting yourself last and putting everyone first, but you're not because you're not taking care of yourself. You aren't giving those people the best version of yourself. You're giving them the tired version, the irritated version, the exhausted version. You're not giving your, them the, the best version. And so yes, put your oxygen mask on first, take care of yourself first so that you can show up to be the best version of yourself for everyone else. Absolutely,
1: I love that. And uh, no, we're getting ready to wrap up. How can we reach you if people, if this is resonating with anyone in our audience and they want to continue this conversation
0: with you directly? How do people reach you? I am definitely on uh, LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> Dr. Bonita Owens. Um, you can I'm on link, LinkedIn, Facebook, and, and and Instagram, or you can go to uh dot
1: Excellent, excellent. So anything else that you would like to share with our audience um, before we depart, any specific tips or tricks until uh, we meet
0: again? Oh, that's good. Um, I'm gonna just kind of reiterate something that we talked about earlier. I really want women to know you're listening you are a CEO, you are whatever you do, a a leader um, in your industry. I just want you to know that you are enough. You have everything you need to do any and everything that you desire. And if it's in you, it means that it's for you and you have the ability to do it. So don't put it off. Don't second guess yourself reach out and get the resources and the support you need and just go for it and show up as a powerful woman that you already are.
1: I'd love that. Well, Benita Owens, you were made for something great. So go and be awesome.